You're listening to episode 191 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show when you shop at Amazon, Vegas.com, or Caesars Entertainment. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Don't forget, if you plan to join us for the limo ride to Fremont Street at 360 Vegas Vacation 3, you need to go to the blog, click on the 360 Vegas Vacation 3 tab, and RSVP your spot. Cost is $10 per person. Due at the event, spots are limited. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pool's the casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? I want to gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. Bob's Burgers. I am obsessed with virtually. Are you familiar with the show? I I, I know of it. I was barely able to huh, choke down one episode. Are you, are you an Archer fan? I ha- I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit I've never actually watched it. I mean, I'm not judging you for any of these things. It's not for everybody. But for those of you that have heard me frequently reference Archer and my affinity for it, Bob's Burgers, well, literally, it's the guy that voices Archer's character. He voices the same character. And the guy really, it's the exact same voice. It's basically, if you enjoy Archer, it's basically Archer if he decided to settle down, have three kids, and have a burger job. It, it's, I, I absolutely love it. I can't endorse it enough I, I find it infinitely amusing I just, I just want to throw that out there I, I recently I, discovered it at the beginning of the week and I became obsessed with it halfway through huh alright All right. I'll tell you what based on your uh, recommendation I will give it a I'll give it a shot on Hulu or Netflix um, whichever or both that they may be on yeah a little bit of worthless trivia uh, the new Fuller House show has its own porn parody it's called Fuller Holes instead of Fuller House. So, you know, listen, because I'm a big fan of the show, I'll, I'll fall on the sword. I'll try out and see what this parody is about. Right. I'll, I'll report back on the on any sort of, you know, theme, what the what the overall crux of the show is about. I think I'll do that. I, I think that. it's important that we recognize that you are a, you are a soldier. You're a hero for, for, I, for, for undertaking such a task. I will pit, I will pitch my tent and I will find out as a any dutiful soldier would. All right. Godspeed, Tony. Thank Godspeed. you. I, I'll I'll God willing I'll come back. Right. If I don't, you don't really want me to go out of virgin, do you? So Aw. If only we grew up back in the thirties when that line would work. I know. Right. We need another world war, goddammit. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's start the show. He's Mark. I'm Tony. And as always, we start with Random Vegas. According to Las Vegas Weekly, in its five years in the market, 
the annual three-day concert festival, Electric Daisy Carnival, has generated an estimated $1.3 billion into the Las Vegas economy, including $145.4 million in accommodations, $188.9 million in food and beverage, $93.6 million in transportation, and $78.9 in gaming revenue. We got that from LasVegasWeekly.com. Considering we spoke about uh, a couple weeks ago about how Life is Beautiful is just tanking miserably. Now, granted, Electric Daisy Carnival has existed for, I think they're coming up on 20 years or something, and they just moved to Vegas for 10 years or something like that. So perhaps they've already gone through that that period where they're, where they're not profitable. That's still impressive. In five years, $1.3 billion, something that lasts for three days. Yeah, that, that's a huge chunk of money. And, you know, I'll be real honest with you. It, it gives me a little bit of hope that the other concert will wind up getting there. It just, you know, as, as we pointed out in, in, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it takes time for these things to, to really catch on. Yeah, clearly um, it's something you and I can't wrap our heads around. We don't have millions and millions just sitting around going, no, 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 this is going to work out in the end. Right, right, no. And um, let me put it this way. If Electric Daisy Carnival works out and Rock and Rio doesn't, clearly the ecstasy crowd has made their choice. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> we now understand what really fuels the economy. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> Let's move on to Twit Pick of the Week. Well, it's true. I have a well-documented dislike of Phil Ruffin and some of the things that he's done to Treasure Island since taking it over. One thing that will never change is what part that property played in the evolution of my affection for Las Vegas. This week's winner, shared by at TI Vegas, documents the view that changed everything for me. This view struck the match that would become the bonfire of love I have for Las Vegas, eventually evolving into the creation of the show. No matter what becomes of her, she will always have a special place in my heart, and I'll, I'll throw this out there. I think it is one of the top five views in all of Las Vegas. For a room, for a room. Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, and think about it, though. TI is so perfectly situated right at the crook of Las Vegas Boulevard yeah. that you can either have a gorgeous southern view where you're looking at the, you know, probably 75% of the strip if you're facing the south side, or if you've got the, the flip side, if you're on the north side of it and you're looking up the strip, you've got, you know, the gorgeousness that is, the Venetian that is, Win Encore. Um, to a lesser extent, I mean, I still have props for, for Circus Circus because of its historical value. And to a lesser extent, you can somewhat see the downtown. I get it. This is a gorgeous view. And, I mean, could you imagine what a... It's, as as the tweet aptly points out, room service with a view. I mean, yeah. it's the embodiment of what you think of when you think of just Vegas life. You're, you're, you wake up, you're hungover as shit, you just need some greasy breakfast food in your stomach, and then you're staring at this view? Come on. I very, very clearly, crystal clearly, remember when I was in this room, I saw that view, and you, you've been with, with me on Vegas vacations. I frequently sure. return to my view that you know especially if it's if it's a quality one i'm not i mean I, I don't frequently return to watch the goddamn air conditioner but you know any any <laughs> time anytime i have a good view i'm uh, as a matter of fact i i believe you were with me i i may be misremembering this but the one time that we had or the the second time we had a room at cosmopolitan we all went up check I, actually now i'm thinking about it i don't think you were with me i i was not no. i've never been in a, a cosmopolitan room 
Oh so my God, Tony! I know you're not a giant fan. I think that view would win you over. Oh, it's ridiculous! Ridiculous. Anyway, I'm sure it's gorgeous. I'm anyway, sure it's gorgeous. so. I very clearly remember seeing this view at, at various times of the day and just being absolutely mesmerized by it. And and kind of that whole falling in love feeling where you're just like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like you just look out there and you're like, anything can happen. Absolutely any, look at all of the possibilities. Anything can happen. It's just right out there. Oh. It's, it's, you know, it, it's funny. If you ask Steve Wynn, he'll say the biggest mistake he ever made was Treasure Island. I want to amend that because he would argue it's because he went for the, the, not that there's anything wrong with the property, but he decided to buy into the family friendly concept. I would argue the biggest mistake is he put the Mirage where he put it as opposed to where Treasure Island is because I would pay a lot of money for that view. Hmm. That's, that is a fascinating theory that, um, at another time when you, it's just you and I and we're hanging out off, off mic would be interesting to, to debate because you're right from from the location you can't get any better um but i get that he built it at the at the time when he was it was in that sweet spot the mirage had opened right. and so all of a sudden the uptick had turned around well you're right next things. door to caesar's palace for fuck's sake right across the street from from the sands at the time yeah so i mean i get why he did it but that curve in the street yeah oh. yeah uh, serve the curve is the is what they actually use as a tagline for a sausage here in the Michigan area. <laughs> I'll take it. Take it. Well, as always, we will link to the photo on our blog and feature it on all of our social media outlets such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Google, and Twitter. Google Plus, to be clear. Let's move on to the news. A woman wanted to play real-life shoots and ladders, and <laughs> there was a dead woman found in the uh, de-laundry chute. This has been a really interesting week in Las Vegas. So for those of you who don't know, Sunday, a woman's body was found dead in the laundry chute at the D-Hotel and Casino. After investigation of surveillance video, it is clear that this was not a homicide. What is unclear is if this was a suicide or an accident. The victim was a 26-year-old legal assistant from California celebrating her upcoming birthday with her husband. The surveillance video shows the couple walking on the 18th floor of the hotel, shows the woman walk away from her husband and toward the housekeeping closet. Her body was found around 2.40 a.m., 15 stories below, on the property's third-floor laundry facility. It will be a few weeks before the results of the toxicology report are available, but police are hoping that that will clear up the cause of death. All interviewed said she was very responsible, respected member of her community and place of work. This is often a common response when neighbors of serial killers are interviewed, so <laughs> we'll keep you posted on the details. Why do I get the impression that she was in Vegas in some sort of massive orgy and they were all hopped up on bath salts? Like, that's the kind of thing that I'm like, wow, oh yeah, oh, I know, she was so sweet and innocent, she had a dark side. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, she, we all know she came with a safe word. So. (laughs) 
listen, I've been blackout drunk in many, like many times in Vegas, like so much that we've had conversations about. I'm waking up shaking. I got a drink to stop the show. Like all these things. Never in that state of complete blackout, where I have no recollection of what's going on, did I ever think, well, this is this. This looks like fun. Let's, let's go. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, I know, right? Exactly. Listen, I've experimented in Vegas. Not this way. Not this way. <laughs> it's, here's my fear. Here's my fear. She was able to recollect that scene from the Goonies where they slide down the water slide. <laughs> and she was like, hey, you got and, right. and that snapped her neck. Or like Empire Strikes Back. She's like, listen, listen, I saw Luke fall from that thing. Way, way down there. And uh, listen, I think it's common knowledge. Anytime you fall down any area that has an extended distance, that at some point it just curves out and you slide. <laughs> right, listen, yeah. If she movies was, have taught me anything. She <laughs> was in a cart with short round, and she was going through the Temple of Doom. I, it's, it's all right. Right. This, all, this always ends well. <laughs> at least that's what, that's what Steven Spielberg has taught us. Right. Lucas, thank you, George. I agree. All right, well, then on the extreme other end of the spectrum, there is the anti-climax at the D. The D is rocking this week, apparently. That's, they had a lot, shit, a lot of shit going on. This is what happens when you're popular, Derek. Right. Thursday, police responded to a call about a man sitting on the ledge of the fifth level of the parking garage at the D, threatening to jump. Ten hours later. Oh, my God. The police talked him down. This Selfish pricks antics caused Carson Avenue between 3rd and 4th Street downtown to be shut down for most of the day and cost, according to Vital Vegas, an estimated $120,000 in wasted time and taxpayer dollars. It hasn't been confirmed, but it's believed this man's public desire for attention was fueled by crystal meth. Uh, so, lots of observations here. First one I'll start off with is... 10 hours later and $120,000 meant that the city was paying $12,000 an hour to deal with this guy. I think I need to go become and get paid by the city of Las Vegas because I could have <laughs> dealt with this jackass for half that. Yeah. And it would have started with jump. You know what's jump, funny? You know what's funny? What first caught my attention is Vital Vegas had made a comment that there were people who had been part of a crowd that was drawn to this that were encouraging the guy to jump. And I'm like, yes, <gasps> no. I would as well. Because this is the ultimate version of self-deprecation and, and and desire for attention. It's like, if you want to kill yourself, you do it. If you stand someplace and say you want to kill yourself, you want attention. The best way to deal with somebody like that, no one pay attention. No, that's that's spot on. That's interesting, though, that crystal meth would be his um, drug of choice for this type of antic that he was engaged in. I, I, I guess I would have, for crystal meth, I mean, I've watched, I've watched like, 18 seasons of intervention. I know how these right. people behave thanks to crystal, you know, thanks to intervention. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying I really thought he would have been randomly talking to people on the uh, yeah, on the streets. I, That's what intervention taught me. Right. All right. <laughs> All right. No, I, I'm with you. And, and I, like I said, that was also a, uh, it, it is what is believed to be an issue. Odds are it's probably got to do with it. Oh, 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 oh. I get it. I got it. All right. This is... First of all, when I heard about this, I thought, I can't believe that there isn't this already. But talk to us about Riviera Boulevard getting renamed. I 100% agree with you. It was inevitable that Riviera Boulevard would get renamed now that the property is no more. 
What is surprising is that they decided to rename it after Elvis Presley. They named it Elvis Presley Way. It's surprising for a couple of reasons. First, as Tony alluded to, I was shocked there wasn't already one in Las Vegas. And second, the city just relocated his star on the Walk of Stars from in front of Riviera to now in front of Paris. But as, as I'm sharing these questions for you, I'm going to simply answer these. <laughs> Riviera Boulevard leads to Westgate, who has an Elvis Graceland exhibit. Changing the name of the street only helps promote that. Also, no one who has a star on the Vegas Walk of Star, whatever it is, I don't care. But <laughs> whoever has one of those stars, it's not located on the street that's named after them. These stars are all located on the Strip, usually in high traffic areas, hence the reason for the relocation of Elvis. Elvis Presley Way starts at Las Vegas Boulevard, it crosses Paradise Road, and will loop into the valet area at Westgate. So how easy is it now to advertise the Elvis Graceland exhibit in Vegas when you just say, take Elvis Presley Way to where it ends? I, I know exactly where this is, and this is, Ingenious. I mean, truly. Yeah. Listen, I, I was not. I, I respected Elvis. Like, I, he was. He died the year I was born. So, I mean, I, I can only have a tangential appreciation course, for him. Yeah. But it was multiplied. I mean, it was amplified. And even even my wife will will concur with this. Going through the Graceland Museum, the actual home of Elvis itself, takes your interest in Elvis from a from a one or a two on, on a scale of 10 to a seven or an eight or a nine. I mean, when you walk through the guy's house, all of a sudden you really can, there's a, a different level of appreciation. I totally agree with you. I've said this to so many people. The first time I ever went there was, it was a laugh. Like the idea was we're in Memphis. So of course you got to go to Graceland. And by the end of the tour, you're like, I really like Elvis. This yeah. Is really cool. Yeah. When you, uh, you know, the house in and of itself is cool because of its whole, they haven't changed it. So that retro, know, for really us, cool. retro feel. But to your point, you and I were born in the mid seventies and you're like, holy shit. I remember being in homes that had these kind of, these amenities. Oh, for sure. Oh my God. Absolutely. But not only was the house just cool and it was beautiful and it was awesome to get to check out. When you go through the additional attractions that are on the Graceland property, grounds and you're looking at all of the different albums whether it's in the um the racquetball building yes. or whether it's in the building that was actually built for all of his awards that he'd gotten right. <laughs> i mean all home, of a sudden like, what am i gonna do with this shit build around yeah might as well so the fact that they're building this elvis presley way where they're putting it, it and, and I'm familiar with that that general area of, in front of Westgate, that couldn't be a more beautiful tribute to him. Very Forget cool. the fact that his star's off the... As a matter of fact, I almost would rather his star be on, be on the strip versus in front of the Westgate. Give him the road. What a cool and gracious honor to have it come through the valley. Let his star be on the strip. And this is, this is really cool. I... I I don't know why I'm taking such excitement and, and pleasure and joy in this, but this is, that's super cool. You know what I think it is? Uh, not only, I mean, obviously this this guy really kind of redefined celebrity and, and yada yada. Uh, I'm not going to go into a whole fucking thing about Elvis, but I think one of the things that is so relatable and so likable about Elvis, especially when you visit Graceland, is that imagine yourself as you are right now in whatever lot in life you are, but 
preferably in your mid to low range uh, uh, of, of income. And then all of a sudden become the most popular, most recognizable, most handsome, richest man on the planet. What would you do? Would you go out and buy a, a, a palatial mansion and, and all of a sudden like things you know that you never liked before? Would you be getting polo lessons and shit? No. You know what you would do? You would buy a lot of cool cars and go-karts and fucking like all the shit that you like now, you would still like, but now you have the money to do it. That's Graceland. This guy was literally like, wait a minute, so... I, I, I can afford to have my own racquetball court. Oh my God, let's have 50 million fucking go-karts. Let's, let's ride go-karts all over the place. Like, <laughs> this yeah. is the coolest house ever. <laughs> so Celine finally returned. Yeah, Celine Dion returned to performing at the Coliseum at Caesars Palace for the first time since her husband passed away on January 14th. Her first three songs and some heartfelt words were streamed live and still available to watch at CelineDion.com. Assuming she doesn't miss any more time, she will perform her 1,000th show in Vegas this year. She only needs to perform 44 more shows to reach the mark. Did you get a chance to see any of this? I I, I, I wouldn't call myself a fan of hers, but I, I respect her. Sure. Uh, I've seen only what was on either the Today Show or, and or Good Morning America and or, you know, extra, whatever. I, I, yeah. I saw, I've seen snippets of it and you listen look look god love her she was perped on by a guy 48 years her senior or something <laughs> close to that but they somehow found love together <laughs> well when you're 12 and you don't know the difference <laughs> of course you found love she at least seemed like she was happy tony let's let's celebrate the positives here <laughs> yeah, I, I will, uh, stockholm syndrome but <laughs> that's that's cool that's cool <laughs> But of course, it was very heartfelt, and she was. Uh, I, 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 I thought it was quite brave. It, it was clear, like from the second they revealed her, that you're like, this woman is suffering right now, <laughs> and, it's, and it's pretty brave I mean, that she's doing this. It all, all snarky sarcasm aside, I listen. I, I've, I have known my wife for t 20 years. I've been married to her. What will be five years uh, out of my life? I even to lose her right now would be would would devastate me i no, knowing how long they were together knowing how long they loved each other i i to that extent i truly do um I, i'm i'm glad that she's trying to move on and and frankly i know this is incredibly trite to say you know that's what her husband would want her to do and she even said as much she do what she said as much yeah tell me about the future of hooters okay so remember all those plans the new owners of Hooters Hotel and Casino had? They purchased the property out of bankruptcy for like $54 million. They partnered with Holiday Inn. They were gonna invest a bunch into the property to modernize it and its amenities, drop the brand Hooters and rename the Casino Hive. Well, this week Vital Vegas is reporting that pretty much none of those things are gonna happen. So what I'm hearing you say is we should talk about the mastectomy of Hooters. <laughs> No, is that, is that insensitive? No, I, I, I was fine. It was, it was okay. succinct. I liked it. <laughs> Holiday Inn is still partnering uh, with the company that purchased the property, but not only will it not be branded as a Holiday Inn, it will continue to be the Hooters Hotel and Casino. Now, none of this has been confirmed by the property, but I'm going to bet that when it is, they will announce that they still intend to renovate the property. Then, 
if they actually invest anything into that endeavor, I assure you, it will be almost undistinguishable to the human eye, minus one effort that doesn't make the return on investment they expected causing all of the planes to be aborted. Have you ever been inside the uh, Las Vegas Hooters? Once, and I've described it to everybody. If you've ever been to a Hooters, it is basically a gigantic Hooters that they were like, no, 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 no. Just push the restaurant into this corner. And then let's put a like, casino in it. Oh, okay. That is exactly how I would describe Hooters Hotel and Casino. I can honestly tell you in my 38 years on this wonderful earth that I have been on, I can count on one hand the number of times I've been into any Hooters, period. And, I can't And too. I would venture to say it's probably three. You know, it's so funny you say that. That is my number as well. I, I don't... And, I and, don't. and one of those three is the uh, Hooters Hotel and Casino. Oh, that's... Wow, that's... Okay, I... Here's the deal. I don't get it, particularly get it in either. Vegas, where tits and ass is like, like, you know, the du jour for Las Vegas. There's way classier ways to do it than fucking neon orange and white. I don't, I just, and frankly, when, when they're pushed up and, and they're in my face, Great. I'm like, um, uh, society's taught me I'm not supposed to stare like eyes up here, eyes up here. And so I don't, I don't like, like I get the, the gist of the, sh the, the restaurant and in this case, the casino, but I don't feel comfortable there because I'm a misogynist pig if I stare at your attributes, which is what's supposed to be bringing me here in the uh, first place. Again, Tony, yet another thing you and I see eye to eye on, because I completely agree with you. It's forced uncomfortability. It's like I'm here and you're thrusting this in my face and I'm like, oh, I can't look. Uh, now, now not only do I want to enjoy food and, and, and a pretty girl, but now I can't even look at the pretty girl because what you're doing is incredibly uncomfortable to me. Thank you for making this entire experience uncomfortable. I, 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 every time I've gone to a Hooters, it's because someone, I went one time because I was doing um, in a, a required internship in, in, in law school and the attorney that I was interning for insisted that we go because he swore that the, the wings were the best thing ever. Oh, that's the biggest bullshit I've ever heard. I'm a huge wing fan. The, the people that say Hooters has the best wings, you're all on crack. You've never had any good wings ever. <laughs> Well, my guess is that's probably the only place that they've ever had wings I know, so right? they justify it. <laughs> but anyway, it's it's always been with someone that that was um, that had the influence to say this is where I want to go, and I was like, okay, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you. I'm so, so so much alike because I, I went there once because I'm like I was in college, I was a I was 18, like oh we're going to Hooters. And then I was like, it can't be as bad as I remember it. And went back, you know, a year or so later, like, no, it's as bad as I remember. Shit. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, it's Vegas. I got to visit the property. <laughs> and, and to that extent, truly, truly, to that extent, I do want to at least walk through there. But I don't I, I, I just don't feel comfortable to sit down at a, at a blackjack table and and play because I'd be like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be looking. Yeah. And inevitably, Gloria Steinem's going to you know, <laughs> rate me. So that it's, I completely, the, the most amusing thing about the, Ho the Hooters Hotel and Casino, I'm not kidding, is literally if you've ever been into one and you step into this, like, this is a Hooters restaurant that they smash the restaurant into a corner and we're like, let's put gaming tables out here. Yeah. 
So there are some North Strip rumors. Yeah, ever since the economy crapped out in 2007, announced plans for North Strip have been plenty while results continue to be almost non-existent. The land formerly home to the New Frontier and Stardust are on their second owners and plans for new projects, neither of which have made any progress. In fact, a drone video of the Stardust slash Resorts World site shows it has not changed at all since 2014 when the project that was at that time known as Echelon grinded to a halt. This week, some more wait and see information was shared by the RJ. First, Siegfried and Roy claim they've seen plans for Wynn's new 1,000 room boutique hotel planned for the golf course area at the Wynn Encore Complex, complete with a 40 acre lake and a convention center. A Wynn spokesman did confirm that they have been looking into ideas for future development. Still on, it's still on Steve Wynn's dream board right now. Second, Carl Icahn's people still claim they may have found a buyer for the Fontainebleau project. However, that has been reported pretty much ever since they announced the property was for sale. It was optimistically rumored the buyer may have been Wynn himself simply because he toured the site, but Odds are Wynn is more interested in continuing to develop the land he already owns than purchase more and finish someone else's project. What are your thoughts on North Strip? I, I'm, I'm genuinely interested. As, as if I'm not interested in anything else you would say, but for some reason I thought that was the way I would have <laughs> Listen, I've shared with you and our listeners, my first time to Las Vegas was August of 2007. And then I immediately turned around and came back in May of, excuse me, let me try that again. My first trip was August of 2006, and then I immediately turned around and came back in May of 2007. I missed out on places like the Westward Ho. I missed out on the Stardust. I did at least get the opportunity to check out the new Frontier before it closed. but it, all of them. It, <laughs> I did, I did. Okay, so let me get straight to the point, which is to say that I've never known a North Strip that was anything more than win slash win encore and circus circus the strat. So I love, I mean, I listen, we fall all over ourselves about how much we want everything in Vegas to be successful. Right. But in this instance, I mean, I really really want North Strip to be successful. I want to say, hey, guys, do we want to stay Central Strip this trip? Do we want to stay South Strip this trip? Or, ah, here's something crazy, North Strip this trip. Right. We Nobody's going to say that. Nobody's going to say, do you want to stay at Wynn and then go across the street to Kitty Corner to Circus Circus and then hoof it up to Strip? Nobody says that. Right. I would love for this to be true. I don't think for a moment it is. I think this is Carl Icahn trying to yeah. build up PR, but damn it, man. I just, I would love for North Strip to be what it was circa 2003, 2004. See, I, I'm, you and I are very similar. I only visited Vegas for the first time two years before you did. So I had the opportunity, I missed Westward Ho, but I still had the opportunity to visit Stardust more than once, as well as New Frontier. But still both in their death rows at this point and and it's I, I agree with you i'd like to see it i just don't know if i believe it can happen especially when you have somebody who who claimed to have the pockets that resorts world had 
and have been coming up with grand announcements for two years now and haven't made so much as any progress. I mean, not even rudimentary beginning, you know, propping the, the foundation progress. Nothing at all. That, to me, makes me believe that, I don't know, maybe North Strip is just dead. Maybe it's just done. Which is sad, but with, with, with the new Vegas that is now built skyward, uh, maybe the Strip doesn't have to be that long. And, and maybe that's where we're stuck. But I, I, I think I'm just trying to become a, a realist and accept the fact that maybe the Strip does end not nearly as far as it, as it began. I respect 100% everything you just said. Let me just throw, uh, in, in this day and age, in 2016, a totally crazy notion out there. What if we didn't have to go so fucking big? What if we took something much more realistic in cost and build it? What if we took a, hypothetically, D Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. What if we took a renovated uh, the plaza, or or to a, to a lesser extent even the Golden Gate, and and built something much more modest in nature? What if we said, okay, we're past the notion of building the most extravagant and opulent and over the top. Now we're going to build for practicality and get people to come in and just stay in our rooms, but gamble in our casino. Let's give them a good gamble. Let's give them decent eats. They don't need to be, they don't need to be over the top extravagant um, food network type celebrities because you pay for that. You pay for that. What if we just gave people a good gamble with a decent place to lay their head? And let's be honest, so few of us ever truly spend time in our hotel room. Mm-hmm. We need a clean place to, to lay our head at night. We give them a, 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 a good place to enjoy a nice meal. Mm-hmm. And we just reined in the over-the-top expenses that that is believed to be necessitated for a hotel casino on the strip. Tony, I'm going to slightly, slightly manzy you on this. What if they simply made the original Bill's Gambling Hall that we know and Casino Royale, what if they just made four or five of those that lined the streets until you got to Circus Circus? Where where maybe they have 100 rooms, 200 rooms, maybe. But if they got good gambling, they got fun, cheap, cheap beer, they got fucking, you know, cheap fast food. Tell me that place. Think about how fucking busy, especially now that that Bills has become Cromwell's. Think about how busy uh, a Casino Royale is all the time. I'll just populate it with that. I, I would, I would, I would do that. I would stay I'd there. Live I live down I'd there. I'd be a part of it. I Absolutely. Would of I would it. hop all of those fucking little dirt joints. Absolutely. I would 100% engage in that. I mean, I tell people, uh, almost, I mean, I'm a fanboy. At this point, I don't even try to attempt to to conceal it or try to couch it. I am a fanboy for Main Street Station. Yes. I love it. I Good think it's gaming, gorgeous. man. And, and, and it's just, it's, it's just, it's simple. It's yes. It's simple. I love it. It's, it's a beautiful motif, but it's a simple 
please, Vegas, stop. I, we don't need. You we know what it's need. very similar to? And I know you're going to love this, Tony. It's why when I introduced you to Tunica in that little cul-de-sac, why mm -hmm. you are heads over heels in love with it. There because you go. It is it's, it's, it isn't super opulent and disgusting and over the top. It's got good food, great gaming, reasonably priced room. It, it's, it's everything that we actually love about going to Las Vegas, Main Street State, it, boom, pow. All the things you love, right here. Enjoy it. I I, I have nothing more to add to that because I, I agree completely. Tunica is what Las Vegas should be of the South. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something that I hope that you and your spouse with mine will do in 2017, we really want to go to Vegas Uncorked. Okay, I'm pretty sure you just sold me on this concept with that intro alone, <laughs> because I was talking to Karen. It's one of those things that, I, listen, I'm not into wine. Uh, the, the super high-end food, I'm not really into, but I am, I'm really into hanging out with you and your wife and, and people that <laughs> of, the, of the same caliber that amuse the shit out of me. And I'll even put myself into situations where I'm uncomfortable with the fanciness of the food or whatnot, just so I can be a part of the entire uh, experience. I would like to be a part of Vegas Uncorked at some point, and especially if I can get you two to be in there. Because that's the one thing I told Karen. I'm like, I'd really like to take you to Vegas Uncorked at some point. But what we will need to do is find someone who will want to do all those fucking things with you. Because I'll go to Vegas, not necessarily those things. <laughs> but... All right, so tell me about some Vegas Uncorked. All right, so the tickets are now available for Vegas Uncorked 2016. Events are going to be April 28th through May 1st. They start as early as 11 a.m., and they're going to feature Caesars Palace, Cromwell, Venetian Palazzo, as well as downtown and some off-strip sites. Featured celebrity chefs will include Giada De Laurentiis, Nobu Matsuhisha, Mary Sue Milliken, and many more. Details are available at VegasOnCork.com, or of course, we'll have a link at the blog. Admission varies depending on what you are interested in attending, the level of access you want, but all can be described as expensive. And and that's for sure true. Right now, literally the the weekend that that, that we're both recording and this is airing down in um, Southern Miami. So what? what uh, South so, Beach. South Beach, yeah, 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 South Beach. South Beach has a, a foodie thing going on that if, and, and I'm, putting it, I'm putting it right out there right now, Mark, if, if you and Karen don't want to do Vegas Uncorked, my wife and I will be down in South Beach for, we're going to do one of two food events. So it's your call. You can either join us in South Beach or you can join us in Vegas. We don't care which, I'll, matter of fact, I'm not even going to tell my wife. It'll be a, it'll be a surprise for her next year, but uh, the, we these, have to do this. Literally coin flip. Uh, like this is something that this, that, that my wife was going to adore and there's no way I could, I could take this from her. This, like I, I, I had to condition this woman to love Las Vegas. So, well, and, and ditto. Hence the reason I'm kind of sort of leaning towards doing a Vegas uncorked because in my world, we get the best of everything. I mean, agree. Agreed. We get these celebrity chefs that I've never heard of, but my wife's like, Oh my God, it's Bobby Flay or right. Tyler Lawrence or who? Right. So, <laughs> like I can tell by your, 
your tone of voice exactly. is this is something yes. I should be excited about. Right. So I hope I'm portraying that. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm gonna totally. I can make my voice go high, really high, really, really high. I too. hope That's my awesome. eyes are open as wide as you think they should be exactly. to express my excitement for that person you just said. <laughs> I I literally cannot kid you enough. We off mic should talk about is there a way to tie Vegas Uncorked into a 360 Vegas Vacation 4 so that we're already out there? It would be just... center strip. It would be center strip, which based on our, yeah. our new plan, our new uh, three to five year yeah. plan, yeah. would be part of it. So that would make sense. I love that we have a five year plan oh, so that I. I've never had. I kid you not. I, I've never had a five year plan in my life, even for my own career. I, I just, I just like, let's see what happens. I'm going to say this to you. You're either going to fire me or you're going to hire me. Let's just, let's find out. Let's find out what happens. Here, let's enjoy the ride. Let's see where this goes. Hell, yes. <laughs> but in the meantime, let's talk about prop bets. For those of you unfamiliar, prop bets is an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy either. God bless it. The scotch is kicking in, buddy. <laughs> I enjoy our time together. Hmm. I adore my wife, but I thoroughly enjoy Like, uh, oh, my God, dude, time is so great. I, I, do, do you know how hard it was on me that we didn't record for, like, two weeks in a row? You know, that was don't ever do that to me again. It's, it's not just you. I had no idea, like, how much this pained other people. Like, I was like, I'm taking some more time off. Like, oh, my God. St-. Like, like the response we had when we put out a show last week. was, like, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. It's <laughs> over. Like, you're, holy shit! You're the oxygen I need to get through my week. <laughs> you, I have no idea how I survived the last three weeks. I have no idea, but thank God I don't have to survive another one. <laughs> After 14 years at Treasure Island, Kahunaville Restaurant is closing, while Ti already has filled out the paperwork to demolish the 17,000 square foot space. There is no word what they have planned to replace it. Those of you that enjoy the ladies plying the world's oldest profession while in Vegas, beware, as it has been announced that there is a syphilis outbreak in Clark County. The Board of Health revealed that 694 cases were reported in 2015, 615 of which were men. So that leads me to believe there is one woman working her ass off. And, and, and frankly, my wife said the exact same thing when I shared this information. She's like, wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me there's like 79 women running around with syphilis? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> there should be like, that, that number should be like 693 were men and one of them is a woman. Right. <laughs> right. I know. We right. all know where it came from. So now we know who patient zero is. I, I imagine there's a very small claim. Like of all the porn slappers you see, like, oh, look at all these various models that are showing you star titties or whatever. That There are actually just 12 women that actually do the work involved that is oh that's ingenious yeah. yeah just hire a bunch of models for the for the cards but yeah. then you get the same 12, same 12 yeah. which explains why there are so many male cases that's you sir may be onto something i think there might you know what i think there might be a class action lawsuit <laughs> Listen, How listen. Many guys just get in line the because card I got somebody else. I know, right? <laughs> listen, I'm just saying, I'm a lawyer. Right. You guys want some free money? 
Let's get right. let's get the resort fee class action lawsuit out of the way before we start going after the porn. <laughs> one at a time, right? One at a time. Hey, we're getting screwed no matter what. I know, right? I know. I mean, at least somebody enjoys it, whether they get some kind of a disease that requires penicillin or not. I'm. I've always said I'm cool with anything that I can clear up with uh, with penicillin. Right. I can clear it up. I don't care. Listen, You're hot. We all learn. We all learn from our mistakes. It's just we shouldn't be punished for the rest of our lives. Thank you, herpes. <laughs> so the Review Journal is reporting that a Cirque performer fell during a Zarkana performance the day after another Cirque performer fell during the Beatles' love rehearsals for their new version of the show. Neither were significantly hurt and both described simply as accidents, and that is what the lawyers told the press conference bitches to tell them. It was just an accident. It's so interesting because I don't know if they just kept things like this more quiet uh, like five years ago or something, or if like the performers have gotten more lackadaisical because it seems like people are dying and falling and getting hurt all the time now in Cirque performances, which... Maybe just brilliant marketing because, as I've said, I had no interest in seeing Ka, and then someone dies. I'm like, oh my god! Oh, there there might be some value. Wow! So this thing is, this is serious. Well, you, I mean, you guys are doing dangerous things. I want to see the dangerous things that you're doing. And I mean, I don't want to see anybody die, but I want to see you do dangerous things that could kill you. Here's the deal. I'm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe, maybe what this really started with was uh, Roy taking a tiger to the throat. And people were like, well, this is what we came to see. We want gladiator-style shows. Right. Every every time every time a tennis dips, they're like, somebody's got to fall. Exactly. You know what, Roy? I'm sorry we strapped that sirloin to your neck, but um, I don't know what. I think I you're on to something, my friend. I think you're on to something. <laughs> Las Vegas Sands CEO Sheldon Adelson showed up at the Nevada caucus riding a mobile scooter. It isn't clear if this was due to a recent injury or if this is what he's been reduced to at his advanced age because no one was brave enough to ask him. I I, I don't have much really to add to this. I saw the story in passing and I thought, oh, Sheldon, Sad, you're, right? you're, you're old, buddy. I mean, just, you're, you're old. Why don't, seriously, if I were as old as he was and I had the Billions that with a B. Oh, I'd, Howard, this guy I'd Howard Hughes the shit out of it. Why? Right. I mean, why aren't you just enjoying it? At oh, some yeah. point, it becomes um, psychological that you feel like you need to. And and listen, hey, I'm a. I have said it once. I'll say it a thousand times. I'm a good capitalist. Make as much money as you can possibly make. But at one point, at some point, don't you want to just? enjoy the fruits of your labor yeah, I'm, I'm with you so anyway and, and you know what he's politically active and so maybe to a certain extent this is him enjoying the fruits of his labor yeah. I don't know yeah. but you know what hey Mark and all of our listeners out there whether you're a billionaire or you're just some schmuck podcasting <laughs> your vote counts exactly the same there you go whoa dun 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 <laughs> Although, to be honest with you, your choices are dick. <laughs> I'm not saying that you're not, you know, left with the, the fool's gold right. that's left in your right. hand. But So the uh, Las Vegas Weekly reported that it has been confirmed Michelin-starred James Beard Award, or by some of our iTunes reviewer, the Tony's Beard Award, <laughs> 
The winner, David Chang, is bringing his signature restaurant, Mamofuku, to the Cosmopolitan. Plans are to open by the end of 2016. Wow. Welcome to, like, <laughs> at least eight years ago. I mean, I was really surprised that while you were 2000. so thrown off. I'm like, I, where is he going? <laughs> 2016. Yes. <laughs> I was informed that this is important by my wife. <laughs> the Las Vegas advisor is reporting that the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has reversed the 2011 district court ruling that allowed Wynn's tip pooling policy that has been in effect for over a decade. This policy required all tipped employees to share their tips with non-tipped employees. Spokesman for Wynn said they are considering what their next steps are and will keep the practice in place while doing so. I, I don't understand how people continue to work there. That seems to me like, yeah. Appropriately so, Wynn has halted development on his $1.7 billion casino project in Boston, all in response to the area mayor's continued legal challenges. The most recent is environmental challenging traffic flow plans that are aimed to address the increase the project is expected to generate. I don't want to get into this a lot, but you and I, and I would hope a lot of listeners are on the same page, like, I don't get it. Like, wherever I live, wherever I live, currently it's, it's Memphis, before this was, it was Chicago, who knows where it's going to be next. If I hear that Wynn wants to build a casino in it, I'm fucking thrilled. What can I do to help this happen? We've talked about this ad nauseum. Some of your listeners can probably pick up just from our general conversation which way my political winds blow. To me, this seems like, and and I may be 100% wrong, but to me, this seems like win is of a particular political persuasion. We all know of course, that of course. Boston, Massachusetts is of an, an entirely different political persuasion. I, I, I am hard-pressed to believe that this is anything other than throwing up hurdles on a purely political statement because as a, as a, as a mayor of a city, you are elected to, to help build the economic foundation of your city. See, you hit it you hit it right on the head there. The fact that it's the mayor. It'd be different if it was perhaps the governor or a congressman. But you're like a mayor of a of a city locality is the one causing all this issue. To me this is totally positioning. You know what, Mark? It'd be even different. Uh, uh, yes, I agree 100% with what you're saying. But imagine just even the difference if it were say the city council. So now it's a group of 10 people. Or whatever Absolutely. the size of the city council Absolutely. is. Collectively. Agree. Like this is one man yep. or woman, as the case might be. This is one individual saying, uh, you know what? I'm super concerned about these environmental challenges because people need to be able to drive and, and, and the traffic flow. People might have to wait for a minute. And that that's bad for the environment that they have to actually. You know what, assholes? Keep driving your fucking Prius. Research what the battery in your car actually does to the environment. <laughs> <laughs> and wait for that iTunes review next week. <laughs> exactly <right>. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently crazy happens in threes now in Las Vegas. A man was arrested near the Trump Hotel on Thursday after he approached police with a sword. 
While the man did drop the sword upon police request, he did resist arrest. However, police only suffered minor injuries from said resistance. Just in case you find yourself in the T-Mobile arena jonesing for a burger from Shake Shack, it was announced that they will be a vendor in the arena, roughly less than half a mile from their current location, which is at New York, New York on the Strip. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. That's Well, that, that, that's going to do it for news and prop bets. Let's move on to coming attractions. Attractions is a portion of the show where we share with you acts and artists outside of the usual residencies that will be performing in Vegas in the future. First up, Chris Tucker is performing at the Pearl at Palms Saturday, May 28th, one day after my birthday if anybody wants to send a gift. <laughs> this show starts at 8 p.m. and tickets are $46. Chicago minus Peter Cetera are performing at the Pearl at Palms Saturday, July 9th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $69. I'm a fan of ballads, Tony. Here's the deal. Um, my wife loves, and I mean unhealth, and, and let's be clear, my wife is a child of the 80s, so this is not her, well, for the most part, this is not her jam. Okay. She loves Chicago. And when I saw this, I actually said to her, do you want to go see it? And she goes, but it's it's without Peter Cetera. Okay, so I mean, it's, what's it's, the, not, what's it's not Chicago. Thing? It's Peter Cetera, Chicago, because they are clearly two polar opposites from each other because I'm with you I know Chicago as Peter Cetera I learned that there was a Chicago before Peter Cetera and I'm like oh oh I don't care for your music <laughs> <laughs> this is good to know because I almost accidentally spent $46 to go see you guys on a redemption note and I'm in, in all honesty I am a huge fan of this Mike Tyson's Undisputed Truth is returning to the MGM Grand, this time in the Brad Garrett Comedy Club for a short-term residency. Plans are for multiple dates starting March 3rd through the 5th, then every Thursday through Sunday until June 26th. Show start at 10 p.m., tickets start at $65. Someone that we will also mock are the Goo Goo Dolls as well as Collective Soul. <laughs> because they are performing downtown in Las Vegas at the Event Center Friday, September 16th. Those uh, shows, they will start at 7 p.m. And tickets start at $37. Now, I have to assume that most of that has got to be contributed to their wheelchair and or Depends um, budget, but I don't, I can't guarantee that... <laughs> That, that Google Dolls or Collector Soul need those, but um, yeah, we don't we don't mock that they're performing at the downtown Las Vegas Event Center. We mock their catalog of music. We, we mock that they're performing. Period. Yeah. We're not mocking where they perform. We're just going to mock their their. No. Although no, I guess that's although I guess by proxy we would mock that downtown Las Vegas Event Center would give them money to perform. Tell me about Generation X. It's featuring Steve Vai, Zach Wild, and various other show-offs. I'm not at all jealous of. They're going to be performing at the Join at Hard Rock April 9th. That's a Saturday. Show's going to start at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $40. See, here's, here's my issue with jazz musicians and people like this. I can't play an instrument at all. So when you can just make up shit on the spot, not only are you really good, but you're just showing off, and I think you're a dick. I, tell me who Steve Vai or Zach Wilde 
are. I mean, who, who, who they, are? What are they? They're, they they're basically the gods of guitars. They're like, oh, hey, do you want to do things that no other human on this planet can do with a guitar? Oh, 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 I don't. Hey, Steve Vai's right over there. Oh, Zach Wallace right over there, and some other guys that I know less about, but whatever. Don't forget, you can find links to purchase tickets to these and all the artists on our coming attractions calendar on the blog. Let's move into playing Vegas. Playing Vegas is a portion of the show where we share with you touring acts and artists performing next week in Vegas. On Monday, Metric is performing at Brooklyn Bowl in the Link Promenade. Shows start at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $26. Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, Britney Spears is performing at the Access Theater at Planet Hollywood. Show starts at 9 p.m. Tickets start at $60. On Friday, the Gin Blossoms are performing at the Golden Nugget. Shows start at 8 p.m. and tickets are $37. And Sunday, Ace Freely and Lita Ford are performing at the Brooklyn Bowl in the Link Promenade. Show starts at 6 p.m. Tickets start at $35. And Steve Martin and Martin Short are performing at the Coliseum at Caesars Palace. Show starts at 7.30. Tickets start at $55. Let's check the river. So we've got some listener feedback from the UK. We do, sir. Uh, the first one is, love this podcast. Gave us five out of five stars by Ogre74. This one was on October 6th of 2015. I've apologized before. I, I get behind on these. If you are a Vegas virgin like me, then I highly recommend this podcast. I've been avidly listening to all new and back catalogs and love the reviews and insights into Vegas and what I can expect when I get there. Thoroughly recommend with multiple exclamation points. Well worth the five stars. Well, thank you. Thank you. Here, it, don't hang on. Let's not gloss over this. Not at all. This is well. No, I mean, I, I guess my point is, I really want to make a of what I believe is a brilliantly keen observation. Mm -hmm. The, the I'm, I'm going out on the limb and saying it's a guy, but just if you're a female, please forgive me. This guy is a Vegas virgin. Isn't that exciting? So he has literally no idea what to expect of this city. I mean, imagine but still Mark, has an adoration enough to seek out more information like podcasts. Exactly right. Imagine that you were someone that was interested in checking out, and, and, and you know, let's even make it a foreign city since since he's a Londoner and, and this sure, would be a foreign sure. city to him. Imagine, like, I've been listening to this Cairo podcast, mm. or I've been listening to this Rio de Janeiro podcast. Right. I, I mean, this guy's never been to Vegas before, and he loves your show because of what you provide and the information that you've got is, that's a part of it. This is a huge compliment, Mark. I mean, this this is that's cool. Somebody that's never been to the city before, but he wants to listen to podcasts about a city he's never been in, that's that's a huge compliment to you and, and the work that you bring into your uh, to the show every week. I, I argue that those overseas that that love Vegas so much and then listen to shows like this uh, to to further uh, enjoy the city are, are bigger fans of Las Vegas than you and I could ever possibly be because I oh, cannot wrap my head around the, for sure what is required to not not only financially but time and the flight and all the other things to make the effort to repeatedly 
come to to the United States and specifically Las Vegas. I I, I bow to to those that that adore the city that far away. I'll agree completely. But I also want to give a nice shout out to StuCam1980. He gave us five out of five stars. He reviewed us on July 12th, 2015, and he said, if you, like me, can't get to Vegas as often as you'd like, this podcast will keep you up to date on all of the things that are going on. All along with Mark and the other views, this is a must-listen podcast. Thanks for the podcast, guys. You're welcome, StuCam. Uh, again, again, I, I just, I think to myself, this is a, a tribute to you. And truly, I mean, at the end of the day, Mark, forgive the, you know, the, the verbal fellatio that's about to go on here. You're but forgiven, go. You're the rock to the show, whether it's me or it's Brian or it's Karen or Alistair or, or, you know, even to a certain extent, you know, Vital Vegas. I know they've moved on to their cool things too. I mean, the point is, you're the rock and people come back to the show based on what you bring each and every week for the podcast. It's, it's fun. I mean, it's, I, I was a listener to begin with. I was a fan to begin with. It's just a complete honor that I could find some way to, to con you into letting me (laughs) be a part of the show. I've I've said it before and odds are, I'm going to say it again before we're even done with listener feedback. Uh, when I when I went into this whole concept, it was to make the best Vegas show that I could make. My wife got to read the, this all of the reviews from last week, but specifically the one that referenced her as being a beard. <laughs> right. And she said, wait, what, was that the listener's first time ever listening to this show? Right. And, and I kind of chuckled. She goes, no, 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 let's be serious about this. She goes, Mark is fantastically offensive. He doesn't. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. He's offensive across the board. Like he, you, you, you're, he'll find a reason to mock you. Frankly, he does it in a loving way. And that's how you know that he actually <laughs> right. likes you is right. when he when he gives you shit about random things. That's right. She said. So, he's been doing this show for as long as he had. She said. But wait, wait, wait. Let's let's talk about you coming onto the show. She goes. I am hard pressed to believe that the way you and Mark talk is any different than the way Mark would talk with anyone. And she, you know, she doesn't know about your relationship with Brian or what have you. She's like, that just seems like who Mark is. Mark's going to have fun and joke around and make, you know, sex jokes or gay jokes or whatever sort of jokes. She goes, I don't, I don't understand that. She said, but more so, and this is, this was the best part. She goes, you only got to listen to about a half of any podcast with you in it, sweetheart. And there, people are going to be like, are we sure he swings for that actual team? <laughs> so I was like, I get that. But at some point, how many times do you have to listen to the, how many times do you have to stick a, a butter knife into an electrical outlet and be like, oh, wait, that's why I keep getting shocked. Right. My wife did not get that review about the you're a narcissist. I'm. She's my beard. She she just couldn't wrap her head around it because she thought we're living rent free in those people's minds. Right. When it bothers them that much about that we're just who we are and we're having a good time together and we're just going to be us, that they have to obsess about it so much <laughs> that they got to go to iTunes and actually write a review. Here's the way that I look at a lot of things. If I don't like something, it isn't that whatever that person is doing is bad or it sucks. It's that it doesn't fit what I like. So to me, it's, it's, it's a very simple thing. Like, well, I don't like the show. I'm like, okay. You know, it, it's not that this show is awful. I'm like, okay, well, you 
think right. this show is awful, but that right. doesn't mean this show is awful. It, it means that you don't like this show. Your, your opinion is no more valuable than one person, you. Tell me about the I, uh, the U.S. reviews that we got. We have some U.S. reviews. This is something else that I think is adorable. I've, I, I obviously didn't ask anybody to, to other than our standard closing, where we ask you to review the show to, to share, you know, help other people find the show or whatnot. But, you know, in, in the wake of the scandalous reviews that we discovered last week, without requesting such things, many a times, every time we've been attacked in a way that, that not just us, but w- listeners who enjoy the show, and, and often people that we've never heard from before. It isn't people who are regular contributors, whether it be on social media or whatnot. People came to our defense in in as loving a way as they can possibly do, and the first one came to us from Great Games at I Funk, I assume. I, yeah, I don't uh, spell it out. It's I Funkney, I P H K N E. Like I thought iPhone, but then what would the K N E be? Funkney, I like that. I Funkney. I Funkney. Oh, uh, we'll take it. We'll yeah, take that. It'll work. They gave us a review on February 25th. It says I love it. Dot dot dot. Everything dot 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 gave us five stars and they wrote start about 10 episodes back and you will thank me you'll have to get over his laugh which now makes me laugh you know what's funny about that i and i've said it on this show i despised my laugh as as a kid it, one one of the many things that i have required medication to get over with like hated so vehemently for i, I mean let's not try and analyze why I have the issues I have and just understand that medication is required to figure them out. Karen is one of those people amongst many of friends that are like, your laugh is fucking infectious. I fucking love it. So it's one of those things that I had to learn. It's like, it's who I am as a person. But I get it. There was a time where I I hated my laugh and I hated other people's laughs. Now to me, there's literally, even Fran Drescher's fucking laugh, there's not a laugh on this planet that annoys me because to me it's somebody expressing uncontrolled joy like they're literally Mm -hmm. like a laugh is like i can't help myself even if i didn't want you to know i i thought this was amusing i cannot help it i am now going to make sure i boisterously tell everyone that i found this amusing and it makes me happy (laughs) so to me there is no laugh on this planet that annoys me anymore but there was a time so i get it anyways (laughs) continuing on best Vegas news and happenings and everything else they decide to talk about I look forward to every episode that always trips me out I'm I'm a serial guy uh, when it comes to to Netflix or any series I never watch weekly or not never I seldom watch weekly I'm always the guy that gets the whole season and then just binge watches same thing with podcasts so it really blows my mind that people look forward to each week's episode and people comment on each week's episode like the idea that something I do as a joke because I've said it before the large amount of this while I do hope to entertain people I, I mean I get a kick out of the fact that people get my sense of humor my goal every show is quality information and make my co-host laugh that is my goal that's why you know it's friends that I pick to be my co-host because I'm like I want to hang out with you. You're far away from me. I want to hang out with you, and I want to try and make each other laugh because that's what friends do. They hang out with each other and try to make each other laugh. That's the point of this show. Let's talk about Vegas, but let's be honest. Let's just make each other laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to write things we can talk about in between the time where we come up with jokes to make each other laugh. Listen, I, I kid you not, over dinner, I showed 
my wife, you know, the notes for tonight's show, and she actually guffawed. I mean, I'm talking laugh out loud <laughs> at a restaurant reading the notes that you had put in here that we were going to talk about. And the specific one that made her truly have to put her hand over her mouth from laughter was your comment about, you know, people falling from the D laundry chute and, and being, you know, very responsible and respective and your, and your bullet point here. And I'm, I'm somewhat revealing the, you know, the man behind the curtain here, but you've got a bullet point here that literally says, this is so often a common response when the neighbors of serial killers are interviewed as well, so you will keep you posted. I mean, like my wife found that just laugh out loud funny because your humor is, it's, it's, it's almost timed humor. Like, like any good comedian, they set up the story, they set up the preference, they frame it for the audience member, and then they come in for the joke. And that's so many times what you what you do, you write about this, you talk about this, and then you come in for the joke at the very end. And frankly, I am glad to a certain extent being your co-host that there are times when my only job is to just introduce the joke. So when I say dead woman found in the D laundry chute, you get to go through everything and then you close it out with, well, let's be honest, I mean common response to all serial killers is when the neighbor says they were a quiet individual. I mean, that's funny. That's that's funny. And there's there are times when I worry that people don't appreciate the... The humor can be very intellectual sometimes. And and there are some people that liked Seinfeld... I'm blushing. Or, I'm blushing, Tony. <laughs> but even, even um, The Office or, to a certain extent, Modern Family, I mean, there are times the jokes are built in, and if you're not willing to commit to it, you're just not going to get the joke. Right. And sometimes I wonder if that's what where the negative reviews come from, is they're expecting, you know, rat-a-tat-tat sort of joke after joke after joke, or, or news after news, and that's just not what this podcast right, truly is. Right. No, no, I agree with you. And <laughs> to be fair, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull the curtain back and let you see uh, the wizard at work. Uh, what you read was an accident, Tony, because I, I know you're already aware of this, but to the listeners, there are some things that as I write these stories, uh, a joke comes to me and I want to make sure that I share it. But what I'll do is I will uh, bold and italicize it, which is a, a reminder to me that before I send the notes to, to Tony or whoever my co-host is, I delete those because I want to surprise my co-host with the joke so I can get their, their honest reaction. So what you caught was a punchline that you weren't supposed to read. <laughs> it's, but here's the problem. When you read it and you have the opportunity to, and it's right in front of you and you're reading it, it's it's funny. I mean, it is. It is. So... No, this is. Oh, Jesus I, I have to say, primarily though, it isn't for you. It's Brian. It was 100% Brian. Brian is a guy that if he knows the punchline, if he read it and it was hilarious, he would laugh when he read it. However, when he and I recorded it, nothing. Dead silence. Like that guy's like, yeah, it was funny when I read it. Like dickhead. Other people need to fucking hear that you thought it was funny. Like, well, I'm not going to pretend that I thought it was funny. But like, you did find it funny. But like, yeah, but when I read it the first time, like, all right, never mind. You're not singing it. You're not singing the punchlines anymore. <laughs> it doesn't lose its humor. But it's Uh-oh. it's him. It's him. I love it so much about him. Like, he he is the, the one of the things I adore about Brian is is even if you say something that's funny, if he has the ability to hold it back, 
he will because he knows it'll it'll it, it'll be even funnier to me if you you land the punchline and you're waiting for a big laugh and he gives you nothing and then he mocks you for it <laughs> it's kind of the idea of like Oh, I feel bad, Blake. It was actually funny, but you're an idiot. <laughs> like, uh, I, I have no patience for that because, quite frankly, if it's funny, it's funny. Tony, we have more love, un- unsolicited love. Uh, it, truly, unsolicited indeed, but incredibly, incredibly kind and gracious. Absolutely. So thank you to D in Charlotte. D, he or she, left a review on February 24th, 2016 with Great Podcast is the title, five out of five stars. D and Charlotte said, this is a great podcast. Is it all Vegas all the time? No. (laughs) Do they get sidetracked? Of course. (laughs) It's friends talking about Vegas. It feels very much like my friends and I reading the Vegas news and commenting. Mark works very hard to be funny and generally is very successful. Okay, I gotta interrupt you. I don't, I don't like to interrupt reviews, but that couldn't be much more of exactly what I try. I will always go, I'm trying to be funny. Listen, I fully accept I fail on a regular basis, but the concept is I'm trying to make you laugh. <laughs> Please continue. The, the few, past few couple couple of episodes that we've done, I've been like, I'll say something, I'll go, no, no, they're not all going to be winners. It's, you just, sometimes it's spot on, sometimes it works beautifully, and sometimes it doesn't, and that's okay. We just want everyone to have fun. It's why I always say the core of this, and it's a thrill that other people get it. The core of this is I'm sitting down with Tony, my wife, whoever my co-host is, my goal in this show is we're going to talk about Vegas and in between, I'm going to try and make Tony laugh. That's really like, what am I doing on my Friday, Saturday night, whatever it is we're doing? I'm hanging out with my buddy who's far away and I'm trying to make him laugh. That's really what it boils down to. We're going to talk about things in between us making jokes. And the best part is, seriously, Mark, and I mean this, truly, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. The more scotch I drink, the funnier you become. Aww, so it's, That's what it's, I go for, Tony. It's true. It's true. It works. It works. Right. <laughs> But so to be honest with you, it isn't that I'm not funny. It's that you're not drinking enough. <laughs> that's for the most part how I get through life. That's, that's what my AA counselor told me. All right. So moving on, uh, Dean Charlotte said, "I love Karen." And he, just to be clear, Dean Charlotte spelled Karen's name correctly. I know, right? Well done. I love Karen as well as the bromance with Tony. It's awesome. Yes, they use quote-unquote adult language and say ridiculous things. It's a podcast about Vegas. <laughs> if you are looking for travel channel reviews based on MGM and Harris press releases, well, then this may not be for you. All right, I, once again, I have to, this is such a great review. Not that all the reviews aren't great, but this, this hits on so many things that I, I, I don't articulate, but it, it's, it's, it's ingrained in me. It has been proposed to me that I would be the most popular podcast in Las Vegas ever. Should I choose to to take the concept I have, reduce the adult uh, humor from it, and and simply share Vegas news with you via the the standard uh, nightly news concept? And I have vehemently 
opposed to that concept. <laughs> so it, it, it thrills me that somebody's like, could he be this? Yes. Is he? No. Like, yes, very specifically, no, he's not that. <laughs> now that Vital Vegas is starting to do a podcast, mm-hmm. there might be some value in that aspect of, well, you know, Mark, if you did it in a straight sort of news broadcast, you'd be the most popular. But here's the deal. Vital Vegas has a wonderful, wonderful, snarky sense of humor. And I think that's what's made them so, that that blog so popular. Mm -hmm. Now that they're doing a podcast as well, and they're going to do what they're going to do, that means there's actually, to a lesser extent, competition. I use that word loosely because we don't look at anybody, anybody as competition. We're all all brothers and, you know, brothers and sisters in, in the same goal. The point is, though, there are going to be lots of opportunities for people to either put their own spin on it, whether it's straight-laced, whether it's snarky sarcasm, which for me personally, that's what draws me to 360 Vegas, and I think most people as well, and other people who are going to be off the rails. Why not just do it, talk about it, give the brilliant commentary that, that comes with each episode, you know, with each podcast, and accept it on its face. Mm-hmm. Frankly, my attitude is the we can expand the pie. It's not it's not a um, zero sum game. It's not it with this podcast or that podcast. Right, it's right, right. These, right. Mm-hmm. So, no, I think that you know, D and Charlotte is is spot on. We do say ridiculous things. Most of the time, we say it to make each other laugh. And right. if the audience laughs as, as well, Mark, I literally, I kid you not, buddy, I just came back from Dallas, Texas, and I visited individuals that listen to 360 Vegas, and they just thoroughly enjoy the, let's just have fun, let's talk for an hour, let's yeah, have yeah. fun about Vegas, and let's just laugh, and and that's and, and take it for what it's worth. It's yeah, a yeah. podcast that you pay nothing for, right, right. and yet we just want to have fun with you. Yeah, yeah. There are other folks out there that that complain that some outlets for Vegas news is nothing more than regurgitating MGM and Harris press right, releases. Right, right. I'm not saying that there's any validity to those to to that um, argument or that uh, right. criticism. Yeah. But here's what happens: you take three individuals you Karen and then whomever your co-host is and, and I'm fortunate that, it, that it's me yeah. you, you've you always had people that love Las Vegas and will always call bullshit when bullshit needs to be thrown right. and will uh, you know um, we'll, we'll talk wildly about you know we'll wax eloquently if you will about whether we think something's good, whether things need to change, or what, for our idea, um, a utopia would look like. That's what I think people come for every single week. I remember listening to this podcast, and I would yell, because I'd listen to it, you know, through my radio speakers in the car as I'm going to work or going to a court hearing or whatever the case right, might be, right. and I'd be like, no, the point you're missing is, and I think <laughs> that's what you're your listeners do. I think your listeners listen to these things and they're thinking, but here's what I think about Right, this. right, right. <laughs> and there's a certain aspect that's not being tapped into that your podcast hits. I, okay. Are you literally about to vomit all over? No, no, not at all. Listen, listen. I, and it's, it's, it's hard to be humble, but it's, it's worth it. No, you're I, doing I, a fantastic I, I, I totally, job. I totally know where you're coming from. And, and I, and I've said it before. 
and there's no way to say it without sounding. Uh, I, I, I don't care. You love me. You really love, or you like me. You really like but me. But what I've said before, and and, and what, I can understand why some people would say that it's narcissism. But when some people are like, you should do this, you should do this, like, listen, I don't know what you like. I have no idea what, what people who listen to the show like. What I do know is what I like. So everything that I do is I'm like, what I find this interesting, what I find this funny, what I find this amusing, what I find this interesting, informative, that's all I do. So the, 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 what's, what's incredibly humbling is when people review or give feedback or whatever it is, and they're like, you know, Mark does this, or, this, or the show does this, or the show does this. It's like, I didn't do anything but what I thought was interesting. So all you're saying is like, I agree with you. I think what you think is funny is funny. I think what you think is interesting is interesting. So to me, the humbling part isn't that I have some talent or skill at doing this. What's humbling is like, it's a trip that the, the things that I think are funny or interesting, I mean, obviously the interesting things aren't really it, but what I think is funny, my dark sense of humor or whatever it is, that there are so many people who are like, oh my God, I think that's really funny too. Like, you have no idea how comforting that is, <laughs> that, that the monster that, that I, I've dealt with in my head for years and years and years, that I'm like, you know what, fuck it. This is who I am. I, I'm, I've, I've fully embraced it, you know, now. And, and now, you know, if you think it's funny, awesome. If you don't, I don't fucking care. It, it, I, I'm making a show to make you laugh because you're like me and, and we have that personality. It's just friends hanging out, trying to amuse each other. And so literally every show, my entire goal is to make my co-host laugh. That's what it boils down to. We're going to talk about Vegas news. My, my primary goal when I, when I started going, we're going to do a Vegas show, is I want to have great content. So even if we aren't funny that show, if we suck ass that show, people can go, well, I mean, at least it was informative. You know? And every bonus beyond that is like, oh, my God, they were really funny or I saw that. So what, what is the most humbling is when people are like, you do this and you do this news, like going, I, I just do what I think is cool. <laughs> so it's like, what what you do, I think is cool. But like, aw. <laughs> right. Thanks. <laughs> and, and if you don't think it's cool, there's a whole shit ton of other Vegas podcasts out there for you to glom onto. Or here's a crazy fucking notion. Why don't you start your own goddamn podcast and it can be whatever sort of titillating bullshit you think is important to know. And it's funny that, that you say that because, like, first of all, all the all the Vegas podcasts that were out there is what inspired me because none of them did what I wanted them to do. I'm like, I wish you would talk about this. I wish you would do this. I wish you would do this. And I'm like, I'm not going to fucking write 500 and be like, you should do it like this. Like, they're doing it the way they want to do it. Nobody else is doing it the way I want to do it. Well, fuck it, I'll do it then. I'm not going to bitch to somebody about it. <laughs> but in, in, in all sincerity, though, uh, Dee and Charlotte gave such a beautiful review, it's and phenomenal. I don't mean that. I, I don't mean that from an egotistical standpoint. No, Tony. I, I mean for I your show. I a hundred percent agree with you. Like this person, like literally the next sentence in and of itself, I have to interrupt you with because I'm like, it's literally part of my mission statement. Literally, yeah. when I created this show, I, I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, if you don't want to read all these press releases and blah blah blah. I'll do it. I'll do it, and I'll, I will read through all the shit that you're like. Like, I'll read through and be like, well, that's dumb. I'm not reporting on that. I'm going to save you from reading all the things that you're like, well, that was dumb. I, don't, I, I didn't want to read that. Like, I'll read the stupid things, and I'll, I'll share with you the, the cool things. I have nothing more to add that. <laughs> I agree with you. I'm just, I'll, I will move on. Yeah. So, 
Dee and Charlotte also went on to say that Mark reads this boring crap, so I don't have to. And he puts his spin on it. If you are looking for some people just trying to have a good time and sharing some Vegas goodness, then give it a listen and enjoy. That is almost a direct ripoff of my mission statement. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, There's nothing more that I need to add to this. Ultimately, if you don't like our show, that's fine. Because basically it boils down to you don't really like our sense of humor, and there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, I'm literally hanging out with my friends, trying to talk about something that we think is cool, and try to make each other laugh. And if anybody other than the person I'm recording with finds it funny, that will always amuse me. And the fact that there are many of you that, that also is almost uncomprehensible, but equally overwhelmingly flattering. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to say to um, Dean and Charlotte, or even uh, to the previous U.S. review about the um, any uh, any great quality review in general. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just it, it, listen. It takes. I am a fr- I my okay. So my wife and I were down in Dallas, Texas. She had a conference that she needed to be at for her own personal work, and we went out to a wonderful, and I mean wonderful steakhouse, anything that you would find, you know, on the strip at, at, at a Venetian or a Wynn or a Caesar's Palace or Cosmo, just wonderful, wonderful meal. The, 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 our server could not have been more fantastic. And so I asked him if he would send his manager over because I wanted to express our gratitude and appreciation to the, it's, look, it's one thing to tell the server, "Hey, you did a really good job. Right, we really right, like your, right. we really like your service." It's another thing to take it to the next level and and to bring the manager over and say, "Listen, your server offered really great ideas. We were That's interested so in lists. He based on that, he recommended that." So we tried it, and we like these other things and those other things. because, And that's, in my opinion, Mark, what giving a review on iTunes is all about. It's real easy to come up to you, let's just say hypothetically, at a Vegas Vegas Vacation 3 and say, Mark, I love your show. It's another thing to vouch for the show on something like iTunes. I got to say, I totally agree with you. And you have now inspired me because it, the concept of reaching out to a manager in, in something like a service industry had never occurred to me. But it's exactly like the way you describe like the it's exactly that, like saying like, oh, I really appreciate that. I, obviously, that means a ton to me. The, the fact that you're going to make an extra effort to make sure that other people know what you feel about, it means it means a shit ton to me. And I, I agree it isn't an extra effort. But to me, like, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. It's like, uh, listen, I, I'll tell you how great you are, but fuck that. Who can I tell that it actually benefits you? Yep, spot on. Oh, wow, absolutely. Is, wow. You've literally inspired this shit to me. I am going to annoy this shit out of many a managers now. <laughs> oh, as well, you should. And I'll tell you what, the manager then, um, after dinner, came back up to us and said, well, what are you guys going to go do now? And we're like, well, you know, we're, we're in downtown Dallas, we plan on just bar hopping. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're open to some some suggestions, and to which we said, well, of course we're open to suggestions. Right, we don't right. we don't know downtown at all. He said, you should go check out bar A, bar B, and bar C. We said, we appreciate that. We literally went to bar A, and that's the, we spent the entire night at that particular <laughs> bar because we had so much fun. I mean, right. it was awesome. We would never have known about it or right. known to go check that place out, but for our compliment to him about one of his servers, and he wanted to ensure that we continued our good time 
downtown uh, downtown De Dallas. Jesus, sorry. I'm, I was about to say downtown Lansing and downtown Detroit. But <laughs> Because I live in Michigan. That's clever so, shit. You, awesome. Literally, you've inspired me. I, I, I assure you, annoy a lot of managers. Like, can you send your manager over? Like, no, no, no. I love you. I want them to know that. <laughs> and, you know, and here's the deal. Sometimes I will. This is this is super cruel of me. Sometimes I will. Sometimes I won't. I'll just randomly ask my server, can you, when they drop off the, they drop off their, the check for the night, you know, for the, the tab for the night, I'll go, can you bring your um, can you bring your manager over for me, please? And sometimes I'll tell him why, and sometimes I oh, won't. you're a Some dick, but I love it. <laughs> but right. I love where you're going with it. <laughs> I just I love the thought of just instilling just enough fear in just them for me. Tiny like, amount. Why, why, yep. Why do you want to talk to my manager? What, you know, what's going? Where, you know, right? it's funny. All the time, I, I'm very much, and, and I use this phrase, and it, it isn't accurately, at least in, in the in the popular sense, accurate. I, I like to say that, that what I like to do is dine and dash, and that isn't that I like to eat and then not pay for my food. It's like I want to eat, pay for my food, and then leave when I'm done eating my food as opposed to waiting for you to fucking bring my goddamn bill. So a lot of times people will bring us our bill, especially if I realize they're, maybe it's busy that night and they're being a bit pokey to get around by going, listen, I understand you're busy. You know, you're, When you do have the time to spend with me, you're being great. I'm not going to judge you on how far behind you are. I mean, especially if I realize and I see you all over the goddamn floor. I, I understand what's going on here. So I've had to explain to people before, like, they'll bring the food. Like, hey, can we get the check? Like, is everything okay? I'm like, no, 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 you're fine. I'm a fast eater. All I want to do is eat, tip you, and get the fuck out is, is all it is. It has nothing to do with the service you've given me. So, no, I, I totally get where you're coming from. I've had many people look at me with a shocked face, like, here's your food. Like, is everything okay? But like, oh, it's great. Can I get the check? Like, is everything okay? <laughs> it's fine. Just, I, I want to finish eating and go home. <laughs> I think one of the best just life lessons I've ever been taught as an adult, and, and fortunately, I, I, fortunately, I learned it somewhat at a young age, so I've been able to enjoy this um, advice longer. But I'm a firm believer that nobody cares about the how until they understand the why. Right. And so the whole idea of, you know, say, imagine you're, that you're a kid. Well, go clean your room. Well, if I were to say how, and we say, well, we put, you know, clothes go here, toys go here, let's, let, we make our bed. But you say to a, a small child, well, why? Well, because we're going to have company over and, and, and we're going to show them the, our home or maybe they'll want to play God, in your You were bedroom. describing me. You're describing me as a child. I need to understand. I just need to under. You can't just tell me to do something if I don't understand why we're doing it. Spot on. Oh, and, and you know what? So Frankly, you're easily, easily, Mark, you're... 15 years ahead of the curve as a kid to, to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. Most people just do it begrudgingly because their parents told them to do it versus when you become an adult, it's easier to motivate individuals to do whatever you want them to do if they understand the why right. versus just telling them what the how is. Yeah, go do this, go do X, go do whatever it one, is. And one, one of the things about me too is that I don't necessarily need to agree with it. Like I, I've done that at, at work before where I've been like, I, I, why are we doing this? Like, well, you know, it's, we, we're, this is the initiative. Like, I, I, that's bullshit. That's fucking stupid. Why are we doing this? And it's like once I finally break them down to go, well, we're doing it because this is the option. We had this option and this option, and this is the option we're going with. Even if I'm like, what's well, stupid? Why do we do that? Like, well, that's the one we chose. Like, 
all right, that's what we're doing. I just needed to know why we were fucking doing it. I get Spot it. on. <laughs> Spot on. Absolutely. Seriously. Holy cow. Dee and Charlotte, did you ever think in a million years when you wrote this review, you would get uh, about 30 minutes of, of, of air time, of, of talk time about your review? Intellectual contemplation. It was, it, this was one of the best There will reviews. be classes. There will be classes on this, Tony. I assure you, colleges will use this as, as at least, at least one, one hour of, of, uh, 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 uh God damn it. It would have been hilarious if I could have thought of the words I was looking for. Seminar, or perhaps, or lecture. Lecture! I hate myself yes, right now. Yes, I agree with you. But I, <laughs> but I believe it's, I truly believe it's because he gave the why. That's going to do it for episode 191. Thank you all for listening, downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so by going to the blog, which is... 360vegaspodcast.com You can support the show via PayPal donations, buying stuff from our merchandise store, which is zazzle.com slash 360vegas or you can help others find this show by reviewing us on iTunes If you'd like to send some feedback, written or audio, you can do so at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com We are less than three months away from 360 Vegas Vacation 3, Tony Buddy, there is nothing about this whole trip that neither my wife nor I aren't listening to. We are having, and, and this is a a fun, good-natured argument, we're fighting over where, where to stay. I mean, <laughs> we're, everything everything is on the table. From Tropicana to MGM, New York, New York to Excalibur, Luxor, and Mandalay Bay, everything <laughs> is on the table. And we cannot wait. It's it's going to be an amazing time. I, I, I cannot wait to share with you. Each year, these things get bigger and better. And, um, my God, even after the second one, I can't imagine what the third one's going to be. But I can't wait to, to, to go on that, that adventure. I can't wait either. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. But uh, we've got three months to go. So <laughs> here's episode 191. We'll see you next week. Yeah.